From somewhere in Northeast Indiana, Mike Davidson lives. And now your host of the podcast, Mike Davidson. Well, yes, Mr. Rob Roop, thank you very much. It's me, it's Mike. This is Mike Davidson Lives. Thanks for downloading this latest episode and keeping me out of trouble for at least 30 minutes. Appreciate the time. A lot to get through. Uh, feeling all right. Hopefully you are as well. I mean, I'm feeling better than yesterday. More on that later. But uh, unfortunately, a couple of RIPs to lead off here. Uh, the first of which was just announced hours ago. Gary Rossington. Longtime guitarist for Leonard Skinner, dead at the age of 71. In fact, uh, one of the original founding members of Leonard Skinner survived that horrific plane crash back in the late 70s, and the uh, band was still touring. In fact, they were planning to uh, hit the road this summer with ZZ Top, who uh, about a, a year or so back lost Dusty Hill. Um, and, and Gary Rosington, I think he's always had kind of a, uh, before his passing, kind of a, an honest look at what Leonard Skinner is. I mean, he, he said, I think, in a recent interview that uh, this lineup is basically a tribute to the original Leonard Skinner, like a tribute band, but, you know, what better tribute band can you have than a member of the original lineup? And uh, it's certainly an end of an era, especially with Skinner fans, to see him pass. Had a series of heart troubles, nothing official on uh, what caused his death, but certainly missed. And uh, the troubled Tom Sizemore, gone at the age of 61 uh, he had an aneurysm a couple weeks back uh and of course his family was uh, contending with medical issues and uh, i guess he was just not going to recover so they for lack of a better term pulled the plug on the guy but uh tom sizemore was one of those tough guy actors uh who was in a bunch of things bunch of things i mean born on the fourth of july passenger 57 true romance natural born killers Heat, Saving Private Ryan, Bring Out the Dead, Pearl Harbor, Black Hawk Down, and more recently, the revival of Twin Peaks going back a few years ago. And uh, he was a talented dude, but a lot of drug and alcohol issues, and uh, he could just never shake those demons. And unfortunately, no longer with us, so our thoughts to his family. All right, so uh, there's a little bit of a bug going around the house here. No, not COVID. Uh, I just think it's like... uh, your, your basic respiratory, late winter, early spring type of thing. And so all three of my kids have a cough, and I think I caught it a little bit Friday. And it, 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 there was a little bit of a cough with me, but it just wore me out. Like, I woke up Saturday. I, uh, I laid down and kind of dozed for about maybe half an hour early in the afternoon. Then later in the afternoon, after watching a movie with my son, he went down for a nap. I was asleep for four hours, then I woke up and I uh, decided to watch Star Wars with the kids, the, A New Hope. After the movie was over, I passed out on the couch, it was like 10.30 at night, I woke up, my son was crying on the floor because apparently he passed out on the floor and was wondering why he was so uncomfortable, so I took him upstairs, went back to bed, and I think I woke up at 8 this morning, I was like out for like anywhere from 14 to 15 hours Saturday into Sunday morning, and... It was one of the sleeps that actually hurt when you wake up. Like, you, like I felt well rested, but my back was just killing me for an hour. And uh, once I got coffee in my system, it was it was all right. Now, now seeing Star Wars, I watched uh, the new episode of The Mandalorian Saturday afternoon, and my review of it is meh because it's a lot of setup. Uh, not a lot happened. Nothing to really upset me. Nothing really to get me excited. 
but a lot of meh. And I'm not sure that's uh, the right way to kick off a season to something. But, uh, uh, yeah, just hang on to it with it for a little longer. Uh, I mean, I enjoy the first two uh, seasons. Um, but, like, after watching The Book of Boba Fett and then just stopping halfway through, uh, not even halfway through uh, Obi-Wan, very skeptical about new Disney-produced Star Wars. But it did inspire me to sit down and watch, uh, you know, A New Hope Saturday and then uh, Empire Strikes Back tonight. And uh, both Logan and Hazy were in the living room watching it. Hazel had all sorts of questions about it. And when the lightsabers went up between Luke and Darth Vader, she was like, oh, I can do that. <laughs> you know, that, that that's kind of the stuff that, you know, she, she wanted to, you know, get into lightsaber fighting. But it's kind of the stuff that you kind of chuckle at as a parent because you're like, yeah, they're, they're taking an interest in... Uh, and what you like, and my son, he laughed anytime Han Solo got hurt. Like anytime Harrison Ford got mad and was angry about something, my son was chuckling. I don't know if he saw his old man in that or what, uh, but uh, he was entertained. Made me happy. Uh, by the way, congratulations to Michael B. Jordan and Jonathan Majors. It's a bit kind of a good weekend, bad weekend for Jonathan Majors because uh, Creed Three. Did very well at the box office. I mean, very well, considering it's like only the first weekend of March, and that's not typically a big movie weekend. But it made like $57, $58 million opening. Pretty damn good. Yeah. Uh, but uh, John, what I said was bittersweet. is like, you know, he's uh, the main villain in Ant-Man. He's going to be the main villain in all the upcoming Marvel movies. Ant-Man 3 placed second, a distant second, only pulling in $12 million. And, uh, you know, Marvel looks to be in a lot of trouble. I can go on and on about this sort of thing. But uh, I'll kind of give you a little background, uh, just in case you're not as nerdy as I am about this stuff. Kang is basically a time-traveling villain. And, you know, the Avengers Endgame dealt with time travel, and they did it in probably the least complicated way you can when it comes to time travel movies. But any sci-fi nerd, any, any nerd about comic books or fantasy or whatever, will tell you, when time travel is involved... Things get messy, and if your main villain is a time traveler, things will get messy. And there's another, a whole lot of other issues with Disney in terms of writing and uh, uh, taking their fans seriously. And um, we'll see how this plays out. Uh, speaking of nerdum, uh, Funko Pop figures. You know what those are, right? The um, the figures with the big heads and the beady eyes are kind of like, uh, they're, they're not like bobbleheads. They kind of look like bobbleheads, but they're not. But they're basically just for decor. They're like the new age Beanie Babies. I guess the company is in a little bit of trouble because they announced recently that they are dumping $30 million worth of their inventory because they can't move it fast enough. Like, they are literally taking it to the dump. They're so backlogged right now and unable to offload a lot of the stuff that they're trying to sell that, uh, it's, that they're actually renting out renting out trailers to place this stuff in and they're losing money uh they've got 246 million dollars worth of product 48 percent up from last year uh last fourth quarter looking at the numbers they lost 47 million dollars as a company compared to the previous fourth quarter from a year back 17 million dollars worth of profit so you're talking about Oh, God, that's a $64 million swing from profit to loss. 
And so they figure it's better for them to move it out to the dump than to hold on to it or try to sell it at a discounted price. Which means there's probably going to be three fewer stores at your local mall because that's what happens with a lot of empty spaces. They just become places to sell Funko Pops. I mean, they take up the shelving in uh, stores that used to sell DVDs, Blu-rays, and CDs. And you know, I've seen them quite, quite a few at bookstores, too. You know, comic book stores do sell that sort of stuff. I mean, for, from a decorative standpoint, these things are kind of cool. But the problem is, there's just too many of them. And they're, like I said, new. Be, everybody thought Beanie Babies was a smart, safe thing to invest in as a collection. Never get into anything for a collection, okay? Uh, the th type of figures that Funko would make, I mean, they made everything. Everything figures, right? And just to give you an idea of some of the things they've made into Funko figures. Uh, you remember B.A. Baracus from the A-Team? They made him with his head sticking out of the A-Team van. Okay, that's one. Tupac Shakur is another Funko Pop figure. Also included, Bob Ross, the painter. Uh, Dead Lawler Palmer from Twin Peaks. The actual Sharknado. Bing Bong from Inside Out. Conan O'Brien as a White Walker from Game of Thrones. Paul Feig, Feig, the director. I mean, geez, that's the dude that gave us the all-girl star uh, Ghostbusters that bombed. Yellow Bunny Peep. No rhyme or reason, just a Peep Funko figure. Uh, the villain from Space Jam, Swackhammer. I bet you didn't even know his name, right? Mr. Narwhal from Elf. Mr. Bean with a turkey on his head. Dr. Ian Malcolm from Jurassic Park in his seductive injured pose. Howard the Duck in a cybernetic suit for some odd reason. Conan O'Brien again as the Predator. SpongeBob SquarePants as a Ninja Turtle. Richard Simmons. Even the Golden Girls had their own Funko line. Like, they made so many Funko pop figures because they figured, hey, everybody's going to want to buy this stuff. And, of course, there is a kind of a speculative thing on that. You know, hey, you collect all these things, they're going to be worth something one day, right? <laughs> That happened with Beanie Babies. That happened uh, with comic books back in the 90s. There was this time where uh, comic books actually sold quite a bit. Like uh, the first issue of the second series of X-Men uh, back in 91, 92, sold like 6 million copies. Because X-Men was a hot... This was even before X-Men had the cartoon on the Fox Network, right? So... That was they were selling like gangbusters, and it got to be this point thing where like, well, hey, if everybody's buying this stuff, we can sell more and more variations of the same issue for any comic book, and uh, make money off this and tell them it's collectors' items, you know, and they'll make their money back holding onto it. So they'll have tin foil covers, gold foil covers, you know, see-through covers, all this stuff. It wasn't just Marvel. DC did this a little bit. Image Comics was very guilty about it. And then when people stopped buying it because they're like, hey, there's no real point in buying this crap, the bottom fell out. And a lot of the comic book issues that people were buying, well, they weren't buying them anymore. And so that's when the comic industry kind of bottomed out. And it was a hard lesson for a lot of people to learn. Of course, there's other reasons why people stopped buying comic books. Another lesson to be learned later on down the road. But what made Action Comics back in 38 so special, Action Comics number one with Superman, is there were no Superman comics before that. That was the original appearance of Superman. It was just something kids bought at a dime store 
red, dog-eared, beat the hell out of and left under their beds or thrown away from their moms, by their moms, uh, because they thought it was the devil or some crap, right? What made Action Comics 1 so damn valuable was that, that there weren't a lot of them in pristine condition. There weren't a bunch of nerds back in the day putting these things in polymer bags thinking this is going to be worth something one day. Whenever you have a group of people saying that's going to be worth something one day, chances are it's not going to be worth something one day. And I'm talk and I'm somebody who does like old school comic books. Still do. I mean, uh, but I collect them in trade form because I know there's not going to be a lot of value for them. I just collect them because I like the stories, I like the art. That's the way it should be with an enthusiast. If you get into that whole thing because of speculative stuff, you're going to get burned. There's other ways to make money out there. So I am told. But we won't learn our lesson from this. Alright. Um, so there you go. Funko struggling to uh, get their collectible items out, out there. And you know, it's, it's kind of hard all over. Economically speaking. Uh, did you know that Amazon... They're building that headquarters out in Arlington, Virginia. They're putting a pause on the construction of Phase 2. They've already got... Uh, what are two of these buildings already completed or damn near completion? But they decided to put pause on phase two of this building. Whatever they're doing out there because they're um, rethinking some things. They must be seeing something in the water that a lot of experts aren't. Uh, but, you know, the tech industry has been hit with a whole lot of things recently. And it's kind of weird because Amazon is kind of like the Walmart of online shopping. They have everything and you can get some stuff for some incredibly low prices. You don't ever have to leave your house. Uh, you know, and Jeff Bezos made big bucks during the pandemic when no one was allowed to leave their house, remember? And now they're struggling a little bit. Probably not as bad as other people are struggling at the moment, but they're putting it on pause, which you would think just full speed ahead on everything because Amazon just prints money. So that's one area of retail concern, I guess. Another one is out in New York City, big city. Uh, the NYPD is wanting shoppers to get away from wearing masks. Since you know the pandemic is practically over, I mean, yeah, COVID's still out there, but not necessarily uh, in the form that was uh, so bad a couple of years ago. And, you know, there's always been, you know, a lot of the mask mandates have faded away. And, of course, there's been some reports about masks not working to begin with. Um, but they're saying to not go shopping with masks on because now they're having problems with people shoplifting, wearing masks, and they're unable to identify those who are going into businesses and robbing people because they have the masks on and they're allowed to have the masks on. <laughs> Who could have ever thought that was going to be a problem, right? Yeah, it's almost like your face is your identity. And when that is compromised, you know, the sky's kind of the limit. It, you know, it kind of reminds me kind of a low-key version of the Invisible Man, where if no one can see you, you can get away with a lot more. And that was kind of one of the things about wearing a mask, is if no one knows who you are behind it, you can get away with a little more and they're still dealing with that because people are germophobic and they don't respect the rule of law you know it's all these uh, that amazon was uh, struggling you know uh, who else is kind of struggling well at least in one part of the country walmart 
Uh, they are pulling up stakes. There will be no, I think at the end of this month, there will be no more Walmarts inside the city limits of Portland, Oregon. I guess, uh, uh, you know, and this comes uh, just uh, after I told you last episode about how Portland, Oregon wants to give $1,000 a month to people who are homeless. Huh. It's almost like everybody is catering to the wrong crowd here. And uh, I, I would have to think that loss prevention is up. And getting the cops to do anything out in Portland is pointless because, well, the sympathy is not with those who obey the law, but with those who break the law. So even Walmart sees that. Now, they're probably still going to be out in the suburban areas of Portland, Oregon. Remember when we all thought that Portland was kind of like this idyllic city in and itself could be a suburb of another town. Now it's become kind of like, uh, well, any other big city in the United States. Yeah, so Walmart sees the tea leaves. They're pulling up stakes, and uh, they are no longer going to be in the city limits of Portland, Oregon. That is one problem. Uh, another problem would be if your chief politician in your city is a real creep. I know, I know, you would have to really use your imagination on this one, but it's kind of hard to uh, to top what has happened or go as low as what has happened in College Park, Maryland. Uh, Mayor Patrick Wojan, uh, he is a Democrat, he is openly gay, and uh, not that being gay has anything to do with it, but I'm sure he's using this as uh, just ample cover as to why he won so many people over. Uh, he resigned abruptly late Thursday, and everybody was like, why did he resign? And apparently he is being charged on 40 counts of possession of child pornography, 16 counts of distributing child pornography. And this is a guy that uh, counted Mayor, uh, Mayor Pete, formerly of South Bend, now uh, doing a bang-up job as transportation secretary, <clears throat> as his mentor. And has uh, been uh, uh, been to the White House, I think, like six times since Biden took it, um, took uh, office here. And, uh, you know, he considered him his mentor, a friend, and it's been kind of a bad month now because of that for Mayor Pete. Uh, I don't think that dude's ever going to be running for the presidency anytime soon, uh, given the fact that he's not doing too well with his current position and some questionable acquaintances. Um, but uh, not to make light of the actual crime that's been committed here, because this is something where innocent children have been injured and exploited you know, both physically and emotionally scarred. But to give you an idea of just how stupid and how arrogant any politician with a D or an R or whatever other party prefix to their name or suffix, depending on where it appears on the news, news graphic can be. You know how they caught him, uh, Mayor Wojan here? They caught him because he was using a social media account uh, for a well-known platform to distribute said child pornography. And he did it, of course. Uh, to start up an account, you have to have an email address. He did not create a fake one. No, no, no. 
Mayor Wojan uh, uh, used one that he actively uses and not one that is on Outlook or Yahoo or any other email platform that he used personally. He was using his government email as the main contact email for this this terrible account. Yeah, he was using the email he would interact with other people on as mayor. His mayoral email account was the account behind this account. Yeah, this is, guy's not a master criminal, but it, it got me thinking, did this guy ever think he was ever going to get caught? Yeah, I mean, seriously, I mean, when you are in power, when you have the will of the people seemingly behind you, when you say all the right things, do all the right things, check all the boxes and everything, you think that uh, that offsets any bad, terrible behavior you might be engaged in. Well, he checked all those boxes, and I'm sure he made voters feel good about voting for him and uh, who he is, but not everything about who he is because he kept the, the terrible part quiet, and he was doing this. And it goes back to what I've been saying about any Republican or Democrat. They are not gods. They are not your favorite athlete. Um, they work for you. You know, they are not God or, or whatever they fashion themselves to be. You're in charge. You're the voter. Don't put, don't put their names or likeness on your back bumper or on your yard. I'm not a big yard sign guy. Don't wear the t-shirts, but keep an eye on them. They might do some good things that you like. Then again, they might do some terrible things like this. And uh, the fact, again, he was using his mayoral email, his government email, as the main contact for this uh, account. And doing this crap, it says a lot about somebody who seeks power, does it not? All right, um, kind of staying on the same subject here, um, and I saw this earlier. I, I read the article earlier, uh, but I don't think I will see this docu-series because um, I remember watching the docu-series on uh, some of the victims of Jeffrey Epstein. I'll talk more about him here in just a few moments, uh, a little bit about him here in a few moments. Um, but um, I remember watching the one that was on Netflix. I think James Patterson was one of the um, producers on this. And how horrific the ordeal was <clears throat> for this. Uh, I, I don't know where this uh, docuseries will be aired. I don't think it's a Netflix thing. Uh, but it's called um, Jared Fogle Catching a Monster. Jared from Subway Catching a Monster. Three-parter. And uh, it talks about how this, uh, this uh, radio DJ in Florida... She used her quote-unquote friendship to catch Jared Fogle, who confessed some very bad things and, of course, is now in prison because of those bad things. Um, and when I, and I, and I remember hearing about a lot of this stuff, but I think I put a mental block out on Jared because he was such a big part on pop, of, uh, pop culture for a while. In fact, um, going back to a, a show that me and my wife watch semi-regularly is The Food That Built America on History Channel. And they talked about all this money that uh, Subway raked in over the years and how, like in the uh, 2000s, uh, both the co-founders of Subway retired 
damn near, if not billionaires. And I'm like, well, how did they make all that money? And then it dawned on me, oh, yeah, they had that one advertising campaign for like 15, 20 years where Jared Fogle lost about 200, bucks, or 200 pounds on the Subway diet. And he just became the face of that franchise in pop culture. And, of course, when that happened, I'm sure that franchise's fortunes reversed quite a bit. And when you read about just some of the things that uh, he's described to be involved in, that dude was a monster. And seeing how he is scheduled to be released in 2029, you wonder how, uh, just reading a brief glimpse of this stuff, how this dude is even allowed to leave short of a life sentence. I mean, it's a scary world out there. And again, I guess what I say to Paul about politicians can be uh, attributed to actors and actresses. You just don't know what they're involved in. And uh, kind of switching gears a little bit here. And I never thought I would do this, given the guy's behavior recently. But I am going to defend a little bit Aaron Rodgers, a quarterback for the Green Bay Packers. As of this recording... He is a quarterback for the Green Bay Packers. Uh, he's he's a bit of a drama king. If you if you follow him, I mean he's. I mean I was never really against him for the anti-vax stuff or even what he just said here, but like just some of the weird things he's you know some of the weird relationships he's had with women, this dark room thing, this hippie hillbilly hippie stuff he's into. I don't know, but. Uh, he recently was on the Pat McAfee show, and yeah, uh, I guess he was asked about UFOs or something, and he said that the UFO uh, weather balloon Chinese thing is kind of a distraction from when they released the Epstein client list. Jeffrey Epstein, of course, uh, palled around with a bunch of people, and uh, he too into some very naughty things. He's no longer with us because um, somehow he was suicided. Uh, but he says that uh, the it was a distraction. This uh, you know UFO stuff from when this list is eventually released, this client list, and I think guys like Jimmy Kimmel were making fun of him for wearing a tinfoil hat, but I don't think that's tinfoil hat talk right there. I mean, I mean it's been known that uh, I mean he's been around some somebody like Bill Clinton, uh, he's been around somebody like Donald Trump, uh, Prince Andrew. I think of, of the three far more guilty. I mean, Clinton and Trump could be just an association. Maybe. Don't know. I haven't seen the client list. Andrew, on the other hand, if you watch the docuseries, uh, you know this dude is in deep, and that's why the royal family doesn't talk about him. Um, but for Kimmel to say that, it's kind of weird, because uh, he is a talk show that talks to a lot of people in Hollywood, so of course he's going to mis dismiss it as a conspiracy theory and Aaron Rodgers as a tinfoil hat guy. Uh, where I disagree with Aaron Rodgers is I don't think that they would need a distraction with UFOs to cover up the Epstein client list. I think it'll be just like they did with the Twitter files uh, where the reporters were talking about how Twitter uh, doctored a lot of what could be seen and censored who could talk about what. And I think it'll also be like how they have quietly uh, lifted a lot of the restrictions with COVID in terms of uh, mask mandates and vaccine mandates and all that. It just won't get covered. They won't talk about it. And besides, there are plenty more uh, distractions in the world outside of UFOs. I mean, it's a sad commentary when one of the biggest selling books 
in the history of the UK happens to be Prince Harry's wow-wow book. I mean, that sort of stuff people are concerned about. Not the uh, the Epstein client list, not the war in Ukraine, not uh, ballooning debt. No, no, uh, it's it's that shit right there. So they don't need the UFOs to do that. They can find all sorts of things uh, to be distracted with. Uh, one thing I will distract myself with is the, uh, the Netflix special with Chris Rock. I haven't seen it yet. It's, it's kind of hard to watch uh, stand-up comedy or rated R movies with a house with three kids, five and under, right? Um, but I guess he does take on, uh, you know, Will Smith slap. Um, he does take on the royal whiners, uh, Harry and Meghan, and does it very effectively. And I guess he points out some of the flaws in the cancel culture issue we had. And I guess one joke he talks about how, uh, you know, both Michael Jackson and R. Kelly were canceled at one point. But you listen to one artist's song more because his songs were better. Uh, that's a sad commentary on our society as well, but I'm going to have to check that out. Uh, Chris Rock's new one on Netflix. When I have the time, when the kids are asleep. Uh, not now, though, because i got to edit this damn thing and then go to bed myself. Until next time, stay fresh, cheese bags. You've been listening to Mike Davidson Live. Be sure to check him out on social media. Like him at facebook.com backslash mdavidsonlives. Follow him on Twitter. Look for at Davidson Live.